Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Father Lamb from the Allentown Diocese, Shelly Henry, Tom DeAngelis, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here. Thank you. Thanks, awesome, awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for loving us so much that you uh, allow us to, to have these moments, to, to break, to pause, to, uh, to set ourselves before you, and, and to just to consume your word. Thank you for the gift of the Bible, of the gospel. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to live, showing us how to suffer, and that if we are with you, showing us that we will rise and live again. So thank you, Lord. Please be with all those who are listening. God, please hold them in the palm of your hands. Uh, please bless them and their families. All of us here in the studio, please, Lord, an abundant blessing on all involved, listening and here, uh, so we can be your love, your light, your truth, your joy to every single person we meet. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Father Lamb, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure, it'd be an honor. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road. When he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and banished them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal took him to an inn and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. 
the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help me take all this head knowledge into my heart so that my heart has that, that mercy and that compassion that you so much desire to bring into this world because so many times I judge, so many times I look and I condemn. My Lord, you have a work to do in me. Can you please continue that purification process? Mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion, not judgment and condemnation. The word, the word that I circled, uh, when Father, uh, Father, when you're reading the gospel, is uh, is all, 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 all four, four times, mm -hmm. all of our heart, all our being, all our strength, all our mind. And David, your prayer from your heart is beautiful there, because uh, our Lord doesn't, He doesn't want us to be part of the way, most of the way. Uh, he wants us. He wants us all. He wants us to be all in. And then, and then as the gospel continued, I was thinking, oh yeah, how much easier would it have been for the for the Samaritan just to mm -hmm. give the money and leave? But he didn't. He did both. So he had the gift of of material resources. He had the gift of himself, his time, his you know ability to bandage and and take care of the wounds, um, and he gave all of himself in that moment to that one person who needed him. That's, that's beautiful. It's challenging though, right? I mean, because yeah. mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we try to let ourselves, I try to let myself off the hook by doing like one thing or, you know, let me, let me make the sandwiches that are going to be given to the homeless, mm -hmm. but I'll just give them to someone else to give them to the homeless as opposed mm -hmm. to make them and go as well, you know? So um, this is, there's a lot of, a lot of invitations here. Yeah. A lot of invitations here. Yeah, the one that struck me too, of course, the priest happened to be going down that road, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that jumps out at me. And he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side, you know? I think sometimes it's easier uh, when we're dealing with, with situations in life that God's calling us to compassion and mercy is to write the check. It's easier. I don't have to get involved. Don't, you know, just don't ask me to get too involved in this. And the other one that jumps out at me is that Samaritan traveler. And of course, as you know, the the Samaritans were, were part Jewish and part not. They were half-breeds, and they were looked down upon by the Jewish people. And, and so, you know, no coincidence, Jesus, and the way he acts, is just bring that Samaritan to the forefront here. Here's what I want you to learn in this lesson. And it convicts us, you know. Um, I have to take a look at how I look at anyone, um, whether it be a certain race or maybe an age group. I'm prejudicing against older people or young people or uh, whether it's uh, gender bias, whatever it is, it, it convicts you to say, boy, am I prejudiced in this way? And to have to take a deeper look at that, you know? And just those who are turned off by uh, uh, are the ones that you and I need to reach out to. That's where our salvation is, you know? Mm -hmm. Who's that, that age group? Who's that race or, or ethnic group? Or somebody has a political affiliation that really turns me off and I want to lash out. They're the ones that I need to step into that relationship and uh, allow mercy and compassion to sort of work in both of us in that relationship. So yeah, this, this convicts me when I read this passage. I think too, Father, when you, when you were talking about that, I, I've always had this kind of little voice in the back of my head when a difficult situation like that comes up, it says, lean into the situation. And what, mm -hmm. what, I, what I mean by that and what I think my heart understands by that is, is find out what the person is like, try to understand them, understand why they hold that position. Because a lot of people 
are confused, like they'll they'll attack our faith, you know. And then when you actually lean into it and find out what they understand about our faith, you'll find out that it it's not something that we like. We don't worship Mary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it isn't just a piece of bread. You know, there's a reason why. You know, when Jesus speaks those words and he's the son of God and you believe in him and he resurrected from the dead and he cured and did all those miracles, if he says, this is my body, why do you not believe that, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is, those are the kinds of things I think that, um, and that's a kind of mercy, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times those are, the, those are the people that we want to lash out at. Those are the yeah. people that make us angry, like, how can you be so stupid, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, and, and really you need to lean into that situation yeah. and... One thing I found interesting, I actually wrote a little note down to myself. I hadn't seen this before, but we look at this scholar of the law. He Mm. knew the word in his head. Mm. He had it all figured out up there. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a little thing called pride Mm -hmm. that might have slipped in there because down below he said he was to justify himself. Mm -hmm. You see, because he was all prideful, you know, he obeys the law, he knows the law, he follows out the law. (laughs) And Jesus is like, well, let me just share with you what the law really is. Mm-hmm. Because the law, and I wrote this down, knowing the law in our heads is not enough. We must live it out in works of love from our heart. Mm-hmm. And that's the mercy. That's the compassion. Because we can know all about Christ in our head. We can know every scripture, verse, chapter, and verse in our heads. But if it fails to make it to our hearts, Jesus is going to say, I didn't know you. Because that word know is an intimacy a marital intimacy. Jesus or Mary says, I didn't, how does this happen? I don't know man. So Jesus says, I don't know you because you know all about Jesus. If you don't, if you fail to take it that 18 inches into your heart and live it out through mercy and compassion every day, you really don't have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. You really don't know him. I think too, that uh, to that point, David, you know, he, he, he answers the question correctly. He's a scholar of the law. He knows the answer, and he gives the right answer. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. But then, And he also says, do this, and you will live. Do this. So, And the, the thing that we oftentimes forget, it was always part of my upbringing. We talked about you know, sin and the head and the heart and all that business. Is when, it, when it gets in, into your head, it's one thing. When it gets into your heart, then you're more likely to act on it. Mm-hmm. You know, When you understand it, but you're committed to it, you made that commitment— so Jesus says, do this and you will live. He doesn't say, well, reflect on this once in a while and you'll probably make it, you know. <laughs> but the other thing, the little drama behind the scenes here too is that, you know, this is a scholar of the law, probably a Sadducee, and they didn't believe in resurrection. So for him to ask this question is kind of, and it says, it stood up to test Jesus. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to trap him here. And Jesus doesn't, ba- doesn't get backed into the corner so then he wants to go the next step and say, well, okay, I fumbled on that one, but let, what about this, you know? But he doesn't actually believe this. So Jesus answers with a story that basically illustrates what he just said up there. Look, if you want to love God with your whole being, your whole self, your whole mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, this is what you have to do. So, so, so he just basically answers with an illustration of what the guy gave him. It was kind of interesting. And I think that's the reason why he picked the priest, and the Levite, who I understand was the priestly class at the mm-hmm. time, so he not only answered the priest, but he used two examples of priests as mm-hmm. the people that passed by, and then this hated Samaritan, you know, this outcast, this half-breed, 
mm-hmm. is the guy that does the good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So do this and you will live. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, that pushes me back to the word pride. The center of right. pride is I. Right. And what does he say? What can I do? How can I earn right. heaven? Look at all the good things I do, patting himself on the back, you know? And so the center of pride is I. And, and the Lord wants you, and this is so key in this verse, is love your neighbor as yourself. The priority is you have to first love yourself. How do you love yourself? The only way to love yourself is first and foremost to accept that invitation from God the Father who wants to give you all you need in relationship to love and allow him to love you. It's through that primary relationship with the Father, allowing God to love you and you love the Father. It's from that primary relationship is the only way you are able to love those who hurt you, pray for those who wound you, love your neighbor as yourself. But it all starts with realizing how much God the Father loves you. You don't need to seek love from your wife, your children, the world, other people, because you're getting filled from the font of love, which is the Father. And when you get that relationship right, then the Father wants to love his daughter, your wife in my case, through you. His sister through you, my wife, and his bride through you purely and passionately as my wife, as his, as his bride. So, man, when you get that, I call on the Lord every day of my life. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to love your daughter, your sister, your bride, my wife, purely and passionately with your heart. And so you ask for the grace to do that. So that whole thing of love, it starts with that primary relationship. You, as the precious son, as the precious daughter, which is that word inherit, and the love of the father for you. Once that starts to flow, then all of our other relationship love flows from that. That's awesome. And I, you know, one step further with that too, David, I think, Talk about you know, Jesus, too, bringing together the love of God and the love of neighbor. And um, sometimes you wonder, how much does God really love me? And if you think of everybody in the world who's ever loved you, and they're all like in one room, and they're all just praising you and loving you, feeling thousands of people just love you. I mean, that's just a tiny fraction of how much we're loved by God. The other side of that is we ask ourselves, how much do I really love God? You know, I only really love God to the extent that I love at least of my brothers and sisters. You know, you see this is the example right here, and this is very sobering. So and it brings you right, I think, to the ends of Matthew's gospel with the final judgment where, you know, where did I, when did I see you? Where did I see you hungry and naked and in prison and go and visit you and clothe you and, and feed you? That's very humbling. And I think this, this parable really can convict us again and shake us up, which is a good thing. Like, do I really love that person enough to show compassion and mercy to the person who drives me crazy, you know? It's easy to love those who make me feel good, but when I don't get that good feeling, you know, then then how am I to act as a Christian? I think Saint uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas said it beautifully. You know, love is willing the good of another. You know, and people I don't like who rub me the wrong way. I think we all have somebody like that in our life that rubs us the wrong way. Yeah, few, yeah. Uh, maybe those out there listening right now, maybe that person sitting right next to you. You know, we, we sometimes <laughs> struggle to love the people closest to us. That's an act of the will. That God, I ask you because the regular feelings aren't here, uh, would you take that act of the will and, and help me to love that person? I'll just real quick example of this. And then um, St. Therese, a little flower, one of my favorite saints, um, when she was in that convent here, she's a doctor of the church, only one of three women in history of the church to be a doctor. So her teachings you know, are profound and they're simple. 
And there was a nun in there that drove her crazy. And in her book, The Story of a Soul, she says, this sister had the, the, uh, the way of displeasing me in everything. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great description of someone? She displeased <laughs> me in everything. And she would shower love on this nun and, and the nun would complain. And she would take care of this nun and the nun would complain. And finally, Trez did this so much and she was doing it out of love of Jesus. You know, that's the pr- profundity of it. It's unbelievable. And so from that point, the nun looks at her one point and says, Trez, you know, what do you, what do you find so attractive about me? Because every time you look at me, you're smiling. And Trez says in Story of a Soul, um, sister, that's because I'm so glad to see you. And then parenthetically, she writes in there, I didn't tell her that it was seeing Jesus in her that pleased <laughs> me, you yeah. see. So Therese never got over not liking that nun, but she was able to love the Jesus in that nun. And to me, that's the biggest challenge as Christians, because I can love those who are feel-good people. They make me feel good. Yeah, I want to hang out with you, and you make me feel great. But what about that person who gets under my skin, and when I get into their presence, I want fight or flight, I want to fight them or I want to run out of the building. And that's a person we call on Jesus to love through us, see? And then we got to die to ourselves a little bit to allow the love of Christ to take over in that relationship. And that's key, Father. And what the Lord took me through over the Lenten season this Easter was just unprecedented for me. All the attacks that came against me at the Star Barn for our stance on marriages between one man and one woman, the hate that was launched against me, the, the, the false accusations, everything came out, scourging from my faith all hit me. And I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? And the still quiet voice, the Lord said, well, David, look at it as an opportunity. I'm like, an opportunity? you got to be kidding me. He said, David, had this not occurred, you wouldn't know how much these people by name need your prayer. So now what I would like you to do, each and every one of them are my precious sons and daughters. By name, I want you to pray for them. Every time you think of them, every time an email comes through, every time another thing is said, I want you to take it to prayer, pray for them, and watch what I'll do with those prayers. Because you wouldn't have known these people had this not occurred. And I went, oh my goodness. It, it, it like flipped everything upside down, what the enemy meant to cause me to get angry and, 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 and you know go against these people. God turned it around for good, where I'm allowed to be a blessing to these people who are precious sons and daughters of the fathers and, and pray for them. I mean, it, it changed the whole dichotomy mm-hmm. of that journey, mm-hmm. of that journey. Yeah, precious sons and daughters and, and don't realize it. And the only way they'll learn that is through your treatment yes. of them. That if mm-hmm. you treat them that way, like St. Saint, like Saint Therese, she mm-hmm. treated that sister like she loved her, but it was the Jesus in her. And that's, that's how we come to learn that, I think. Mm-hmm. From, we learn it from other people. We can't, from, the, from our relationship with God, because he treats us that way. St. Therese... She's, she's amazing. One of our daughters' names, uh, Mary Rose Therese, uh, we were showered with roses once uh, in relation to her in the womb. We didn't think she was going to make it. And then, uh, you know, so we named her after the showering of the roses and, uh, and St. Therese. Uh, and Father, that's the one earlier this week when uh, you, you gave her a blessing over FaceTime. So that's our, our little Mary. But learning about her, I heard this one story that she says, you know, she sees these, you know, eagles soaring and, and she just pictures herself as this little helpless bird at the bottom of the steps that God has to pick up and himself carry to the top, mm-hmm. right? That she is, like her, her way is the little way, mm-hmm. that she is so little and so helpless on her own that God is just going to pick her up and scoop her up. It's awesome. I, I think <laughs> we, uh, we can learn a lot from her that we're not called to be the the police of everybody's bad habits and personality flaws and 
And even if things are coming against us from them that are not right, not that we are to be a whipping post or a doormat, um, but we're, we're called to, to go fishing, to look for the love. Um, and then David, I know you always exhort us that if people ask us, well, did that hurt? You know, if we're invited into that process of their, oh, yeah. of their development, mm-hmm. we shouldn't shy away. You know, with love and charity, we can, if something did hurt us, then we can, we can talk about that. Absolutely, because I know for many, many years when people would say, well, oh, did, did that hurt? You know, did I hurt you? I'd say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, that was a lie. It did hurt. And it really hurt me and, and opened up a wound in me. And so what the Lord really taught me is to say, well, may I help you with that? And if they give you permission, I love asking permission, then share with them how it hurt you because then you're helping them grow, not enabling them to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, that's key. And Father, what you said really stuck with me too. I mean, to love God with all your heart, all your being, all your strength, all your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, call on the Holy Spirit. God gave us the gift. When you can't love that person who's pers- persecuting you, when you can't love that person that just hurt you or just gave you a one-finger wave as they cut you off in traffic, God can always pray for them. Use the gift of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, Holy Spirit? I can't pray for this person right now, but I'm inviting you. Pray through me for them. Call on God. Jesus opened the gates of heaven. We have the whole communion of saints. We have the whole angelic choirs. We have the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Father when Jesus ascended back into heaven. My goodness, use the whole arsenal of the Lord and ask for his strength and his help to pray for those who persecute you, who wound you. You know, and again, it doesn't mean you're a doormat. You're not a doormat. And you could, Jesus wasn't a doormat. When he realized they wanted to throw him off the cliff, he didn't stay there and say, hey, let me convince you something. I'm going to stay here and take it. No, he left. He left. So you know what? We need to protect our hearts and let God be our counselor and guide. And if the Holy Spirit wants to lead us away from that to protect our hearts, then that's what we do. We'd be obedient. Mm-hmm. I like the thing with Therese where she says, um, that we should not be scandalized, uh, you know, by the worst sins of people, but we we should be edified by their slightest virtues, mm. which I think really goes back to what you were saying, Robin. And you said that earlier this week, and it really struck me that you know, looking for the good in people and enunciating that, and then it'll blossom. And I think we do too often, as you said, um, focus on the negative in people, and maybe I think especially child rearing. I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but you know, you want to correct your kids' faults, but you may be saying negative things to your children all the time, and maybe we need to back off of that with everybody, not just our children, and just enunciate the good that you're seeing in that person, you know, so that can grow. And whatever we focus on is going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So if I po- focus on the problem, it's going to get bigger. I focus on the solution, that's going to get bigger. Well, that's scriptural, mm-hmm. Father. Our mm-hmm. words to be life-giving. They're mm-hmm. to be affirming, to lift mm-hmm. people up. And I mm-hmm. find the more we affirm people in their gifting, the more we lift them up, the more the life of Christ blossoms in, in them. It's like we're, we're adding that little touch of, of living water to that seed of faith that's in every human heart and it starts to grow. They start to feel good. But if we are mm-hmm. constantly beating them up, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's it's not a healthy thing. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, I love to use this analogy. We're given the gift of the sword of truth. God has entrusted to each of us, which is the word of God. It's not meant to cut off arms and legs and hack people up. Mm-hmm. It's meant to go through bone and marrow to pierce the heart, to pierce the heart, to be a, a healing, like a spiritual surgeon, piercing the heart of that listener mm-hmm. so that God can do what God needs to do 
in that soul. Mm-hmm. So man, that's that's a that's a sacred trust. We gotta ask God, help me, Lord, to handle this sort of truth and to, to use it properly to help people come into a deeper, ever deepening intimacy with you. And you know what? The Lord will help you. Mm-hmm. This journey of surrender and mm-hmm. this journey of calling on the Lord, it's it's contagious. I want to continue to do it. The more I do it, the more joy I have, the more every day is is, is is a great adventure. I wrote down, you know, the Lord the other day was just challenging me. Why do you want to stay on the earth any longer? You know, we get this gift of eternal life. Why don't you want to come home yet? And I wrote down one more soul. <laughs> we have one more divine appointment. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying here for me. Let me have one more divine appointment, one more opportunity mm-hmm. to bring someone home with me. Mm-hmm. And that's really my life's journey. That's it. One more soul. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity recently uh, to serve at a camp uh, called Camp Guadalupe, where there's a bunch of little guys there as as the campers, but then the teens, we call them the prayer warriors, they're the volunteers. And uh, we have adoration all throughout the camp, and they get sent two at a time all throughout camp to pray for the, for the kids and the families. And uh, one of the projects that the older campers do is they make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, hundreds of them, to then be given out at the Jesus Run, it's called, where you go into uh, Philadelphia and, and go and hand the sandwiches to folks that are in need. And um, the team, we were asking the teens, does anybody have an experience with the homeless and, and ministering to them? And one girl shared her story. She said, yes, it's absolutely amazing. And it's not the sandwiches or the socks or whatever that they most appreciate. It's you. It's your time. It's you looking at them in the eye, asking what their name is, and talking to them. And then she shared one story of, of, a, of a guy who said, "Well, are you with the church?" He said, "Yeah, I'm with so and you know, such and such Catholic church." Said, no, you're not Catholic. Said, well, of course, yeah, I, I am. Just no, no. Catholics just stay in their churches and and just you know pray all day, right? They, they, they don't come out here and do this kind of stuff. So we need to get out, right? We need to obviously be fed sacramentally in the church. And then take that out, take that out to, to the world, and yeah. uh, let them, you know, experience the front porch of the church, which is us, and and draw them and invite them closer to our Lord. Awesome, awesome. You know, this these works of love that God has prepared for each and every one of us to do. You know what? They're for us to do. Call on the Lord. Who do we have in our pathway every day? This man, the good Samaritan, he did what he needed to do these works of love to bring God's mercy and compassion into the world because that is truly what heals the soul. That is truly what pierces the heart. So Lord, help me and help each and every one of us be those world changers you've called us to be and help us, Lord, to make this world a better place, bringing your son into everything we do. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.